Hello. Elizabeth Daisy here with Mountain Peak Fitness, and I'm going to attempt my first little podcast with one of my athletes, Alex Popadolos. Did I say that right? No, you didn't. Popadolos. 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 Popadopoulos. <laughs> Alex is, uh, where are you living, Alex? Where are you? Uh, down in Virginia, 30 miles south of D.C. Virginia. Yeah. So Alex is a race director. Um an ultra-endurance athlete, doing numerous 100-mile races. How long have you been in the sport? Sport started, let's see, when uh, 2002 was the first race, 50-miler, bull run. Bull run, yeah. yeah. So Virginia's always had like this kind of, almost started kind of, what was it, the Virginia Happy Trail Runners uh, Club. They always had some sort of community down there for yeah, some yeah. reason. Even before there were races up here, I'm in the New York area, um, a lot of us would be traveling down south for races or going out west for races. Um, so they're kind of, you know, some of the first people to get some trail races up and going, right? I mean, there's so much going on down there. Grindstone, Hellgate, the list goes on. Terrapin, Massanutten, exactly. It's insane. Um, so Alex is a race director at Athletic Equation. Check it out. How many races do you have now? We do six throughout the year, and we have multiple distances within those six races. And then we've also got a fat ass, uh, an annual fat ass that we do up at the Delaware Water Gap. Nice. And a fat ass is just a free group event that people go, and you know there could be water places, but there's no fee, and um, it's just it's just a loose kind of fun run. Um, which we should keep around, you know, from generations to come just for, uh, just for fun and community. Um, so this weekend, actually you just had a fun race. Did you had a all women's kind of trail yeah. race? Yeah. Before, uh, yeah, we, we, we were able to squeeze it in, uh, right before the COVID sort of blew up in everyone's face. And we hosted that on the 7th of March. And, uh, as you said, it's a women's only race. Uh, my daughter, uh, she's the uh, de facto RD, and my wife and I, in Athletic Equation, we support her idea, which she came up with five years ago, which was, Dad, how come there's no women running your trail races? And I said, I don't know. Uh, and she said, well, uh, I'm going to come up with the idea, and you're going to help me do it. That's so awesome. We, my wife and I, Christine, we've been supporting her since. Uh, this was the second year that we've done it. Uh, oh, really? She, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, and we've got we've got a 11 mile, a 25k, and a 50k. So it's very much you know we got the 11 mile in there in the 25k to get people over that hump, uh, and of course the 50k is the introductory distance. Uh, nice. Yeah, so we we support her in the endeavor. Uh, we 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 guide her and her sister, and they make all the final decisions: the logo, the awards, uh, the shirt color. Uh, the shirts, yeah. So we give them final authority on whatever they do, and whatever the women get is it's their final decision. That's so awesome. Push them and the what's it called? Uh, no man's. No man's fifty k, or no man's race. It's just a trail race. Yeah, no man's trail races. Uh, yeah, no man's. And so no, and that's down in Virginia. Yeah, yeah, down here in the Virginia area. Nice, that's awesome. And this is your second year. Um, how many women did you have? This year we we had 112 sign up. Oh, nice! Uh, yeah, race day, towing the line. You know, cancellations as always. I think we had 91 
90, 90 women to the line. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for doing that. That's awesome. Got to get yeah. more women out there of all ages, you know, and abilities out there on the trails. Um, yeah. The, we also had a Girl Scout uh, 50. We had a 3K uh, Girl Scout trail run. So we oh, had nice. Girl Scouts between 8 and 12 come out, and they just they hiked and walked the trail and did what they wanted That's to. That's wonderful. And junk food. That's, yeah, it's so cool. Instead of eating their own cookies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so oh, awesome. Were, at the end. Yeah. How I met Alex for the first time was, uh, I guess, I, I did the very first Mount Tammany 10. Um, Mount Tammany 10, it's a grueling uh, trail race at the Delaware Water Gap. Uh, it's, it's t you try to do 10 loops in 10 hours, which is really hard. But you have, what, 12 hours total? Yeah, the way it works out, we it, it ends up, even though it's not set in stone, it ends up being a 12-hour time limit. Yeah, it ends up being a 12-hour time limit. Yeah, have, and so have, that, was that 10 years ago? Uh, nine. Yeah, nine so years I, ago. That's amazing. Yeah, 2000, 2011. Uh, 2011 was the first year. Yeah, so a bunch of us from our crew went down and we did it. Nine? Yeah, this would have been, this would have been the ninth Tammany. Yeah, this would have been nine, so yeah, 2011. Okay. Yeah. And uh, you go up and down the same mountain, up and up and then down the backside or the, the lateral side of the mountain um, with every, you do two laps and then uh, every third lap you're checking in a mile down to an aid station. It turns out to be a mile, right? Total. When you, when you end up doing the out and back, yeah, it ends up being just shy. Yeah, so you check in. It's awesome because you can see, like, you can see the race going on as you're doing it. Like, you can see who's in front of you, behind you. But you're, it was very rare that you're ever with anyone. So it's very interesting. Different style of race. You spread out pretty quickly. Um, and you're entertained just by the hikers that are going out for day hikes because you could lap them, you know, depending on your speed. They're going out to get to the top of the mountain, you know, taking their time. They have their family and pets, and you can pass by them two times, <laughs> you know, depending on yeah, how fast you're moving. <laughs> and so you end up developing like a cheering squad. So the whole energy on the trail that day is just so fun and phenomenal. Oh, um, People are always like, how can you and why would you want to do, you know, 10 laps of the same thing? Because it's really not. Like every every lap... Physically, it's the same, but the energy of the trail changes. Yes. Um, so I think that's kind of, you know, that's that's the lure to the race. Um, and then it's it's an incredible achievement to be able to complete. It ends up being what thirty eight miles or forty miles, depending on. Yeah, I, we call it. Uh, we say forty, but it, it's closer to about thirty eight and a half, almost thirty nine. And you roll in at 12,000 feet of ascent. So, so 12,000 feet, and don't forget the descent, because the descent at Mount Tammany 10 is just ridiculous. Um, super technical. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, it's hard to really build a line. Some years it's um, muddy or you have snow. You just really never know, like, what the day is going to bring as well. So any kind of time that you have is not a static time because the race is just always changing. Um, so this this weekend right now actually would have been the day of the race. And uh, due to the virus um, and with all the events getting canceled, yours was one of the ones that was on the chopping block. Yeah, it was. And uh, yeah, in the end, we, made, uh, yeah, we feel we made the right decision. Uh, some people were still unhappy with it. Uh, 
but that's I think everyone's got their own opi- uh, opinion. Uh, we uh, were, we were closely watching the CDC guidelines and how those quickly evolved over the weekend. Um, so, so, but that's awesome. So, Alex, right now, so that, yeah, Alex, right now is homeschooling. So, this is a real deal. So, due to the virus, he's at home. He has his kids. His whole family is home, working remotely. So, uh, yeah, this is a real deal. Uh, new situation of the virus. So, yeah. So, Tammy Ten would have been this weekend. Um, so that's no longer happening. But you're thinking about having a. Um, a virtual race. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, and yeah, I've been on a couple of the uh, uh, you know, Facebook groups for race directors, and it, it's it's a challenging time for organizers. Uh, yeah, I, I, I feel I'm in a bit of a fortunate situation where this is not our, our, our primary income for our family. Um, so we're, we're very lucky, but it's still a substantial portion of it. So we're going to have to be drawn back. But there's a lot of other folks out there that are... Uh, you know, the, 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 this is their business, it's their livelihood, and they're being impacted in worse ways than we are. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, of, of note to all those runners out there, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll throw it out there, be a little bit understanding of what's going on and the fact that, yes, you know, you do need to get your money back, but understand that what, what you know, what's happening on the reverse end when that happens. Uh, you know, on my hand, uh, from the Tammany, we had two runners that said, we know the hard, and they, I, without even saying anything, they just said, please keep my race entry. Uh, you're you're going to need it right now more than I am. Yeah, and, that's yeah, awesome. That was, that was very moving. Yeah. Uh, but that said, yeah, we canceled, we canceled it this weekend, and we gave the runners a couple options, uh, a full refund, uh, minus a few dollars, uh, or a full deferral to next year, to next year's race, uh, with entry, full deferral and entry through next year. So, for those of you thinking about Tammany, uh, the uh, there, there's going to be a lot less slots less uh, next year than there are this year, and like you said, we're going to do the virtual race, and the sort of loose guidelines that we've put on that are go out in small groups, no more than one and two. Uh, I talked to Worthington State Forest; uh, they're not they have not closed the Dunfield parking lot area yet, so that is still open to the public. Start from that location, not the other location. Do your 10 loops. Email me your GPS track. Uh, get it done by April 30. And uh, for $25, you will receive a commemorative shirt, and that includes shipping. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we're coming up with a – hopefully it will be a nice, unique uh, shirt to commemorate these unique situations and circumstances that we're all in. Yeah, it's a fantastic idea. So you you're saying you have how long to complete the race? Until uh, April thirtieth. April thirtieth. So between now, which is March nineteenth. This is my wife Christine, who Hi. also supports. <laughs> Hi. Um, you have from. Right now, which is March 19th, almost the first day of spring, I believe. Um, And then to April 30th to go out and be a part of this great event, which is awesome. Because everyone right now, uh, I want to say there's at least 100 races throughout the country that have been canceled that people train really hard for. It's not like, like they're going out for your race, for example. That takes a lot of time, commitment, discipline. Um to try to actually complete that race. So they've been training for a long time, probably since August, 
you know, September or so of uh, 2019, looking forward into March to be able to complete, you know, such a grueling task. And there's many other races, 100 milers, 50s, um, that got canceled along, you know, with yours. So I hope everyone, I hope race directors out there and other people start creating these events for people because um, it could be a little bit of a downtime, you know, like kind of a little bit of depressing, depressed yeah. kind of time. Um, seeing all the work that you put in, you know, almost go to waste, right? Yeah, you don't you don't have a, you don't have a finality to all that effort you put in. Exactly, it's all a project so, yeah. at work where you put all your commit all your time, your money, um, and then you you've got the result and you get the you know the you get to show it to everyone. Now it's just sort of you're, yeah. you're left. Okay. And then it makes you question, like, you know, I guess, you know, what I start questioning is, like, why why are you training? Like, what are you training? Like, what is a race to you? What does that mean to you? Does It validates kind of your training. It validates, you know, the time that you put in. Um, you know, the difference between me saying, I'm just going to do it myself. You know, I'm just going to go and challenge myself on an FKT. You know, that should also be, you know, kind of the thing um, with times already established. I think people are going to re- you know, re um, reevaluate things and how they kind of plan their season too. Um, so going into you, Mr. Alex Papadopoulopoulopoulos, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you, um, you've been an ultra runner now since I think you said 2001. And uh, this year, and you're going, this year you were going for your 13th finish at the Hurt 100. Uh, yeah, this past year was the 13th finish uh, back in January. Nice. So Alex and I's relationship began in August of 2019 um, after he crushed his foot. Were you running or were you out doing trail maintenance or what were you doing? We were uh, we were on a 15-year wedding anniversary trip uh, to southern Utah. Oh, wow. Four, four days later, I was scheduled to run the Scout Mountain 100. So we were canyoneering in the slot canyons in southern Utah, a uh, little town called Orderville, a great outfit that we were with, and there was this log across the uh, across slot, so I hopped on it for a photo op, and it was about eight feet off the deck, and as soon as, uh, as I backed off, back to get off of it, it uh, dislodged, and me and the log fell about eight feet, uh, and I was fortunate that it didn't hit the rest of my body. And it uh, it clipped my foot, crushing it and breaking two bones. Uh, and then we had to had to hike out two miles. Yeah, that's a part that I don't know. Yeah, yeah. wow. And uh, and we had three more rappels to do in the canyon area. So uh, we uh, you know after a quick body assessment and uh, the, our the head guide was also he also used to be an army medic. Uh, Afghan vet, army medic. So he, uh, yeah, we, we did a quick assessment, and within about a minute and a half, I had to hop up and uh, start moving. Otherwise, the uh, you know the the, uh, the adrenaline and the w- would wear, quickly wear off, which it did about 15 minutes later. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that said, uh, you know, very fortunate not to get into too much depth. But the reality is, it could have it could have crushed me. It could have pinned me somewhere else in the body. Uh, you know, an inch an inch further up on the foot where it impact point, if it hits the Liz Frank joint, that would have been shattered and I would never be running again. So, you know, not to over dramatize it, but I think yeah, I'm pretty fortunate that 
we are, I am where I am right now and we're having this conversation and uh, I've able, I've been able to continue, uh, doing what I enjoy and love. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. Serious. Someone was looking out for you. Yeah. And then, you know, and that goes for a lot of situations too, whether, you know, a, a lot of extreme things that happen to people. Uh, but it gives you just a, you know, I call, I call it my God smack, my God wink. Yeah, for sure. Quick wake up call to your mortality. Yeah. How fragile things are. Yep. So when Alex reached out to me, I was like, oh boy, he must either, you know, I didn't really know of the situation of the foot kind of sort of. We talked at Manitou's, I think, for a little bit. Yeah. But um, I was like, okay, yeah, the real deal. Either he wants to really improve, you know, improve his performance or his foot is, you know, needs some work and so forth. So after he was cleared from physical therapy and um, everything, we uh, began our relationship. Um, and it really was focused on strength training, strengthening up his hips, his ankles, uh, his feet, just all the way up the chain, kind of making sure everything was connecting. Mm-hmm. And all the imbalances that occurred um, from wearing a cast. Were you in a boot? Were you in a cast or a boot? Yeah, I was in a I was in a full boot for. Let's see. When I saw you, I had been out of the boot two weeks when we first when we first met in early August. Yeah, and we have so, some pictures of that atrophy. His foot was pretty uh, discolored um, and lacking size and any kind of strength. Um, you know, from that process. And, uh, yeah, so we, we did everything right. So we focused on the hips foremost, the core, um, and address any kind of imbalances within which is not fully perfect yet, but the asymmetries are really cleaned up nicely. Um, a lot of single leg deadlifts with weight, um, a lot of kettlebell work, single leg lunges, just everything working on a kind of, uh, unilateral and bilateral stances um yeah and he's he's doing really well so going through that it took us about five to six months even to the day i think the week leaving you were questioning like ah you know am i gonna do it you know you think i'll be able to do it you know which is you know looking because he's done it so many times he has so much you know data on you know, what he did prior. And so all along, it's like, yes, you're going to be fine. You know, you, at first you didn't lose all the fitness that you had before you hurt yourself. Um, that fitness just doesn't disappear in one month. Yes, a substantial, some of it does, but not all of it. So I knew consistency was going to be the key and just keeping you healthy um, throughout the process without causing another injury was going to be the biggest thing. We had some peroneal activity that came about um and we also had a little bit of an ankle joint issue that came about um but they were mitigated pretty quickly i'd say right Uh, we also got kind of one cortisone shot yeah one or two two. yeah two cortisone shot in the joint um and actually that joint issue was based on something else that wasn't even from the foot crash yeah, so as a result of the foot being crushed and having multiple MRIs on the foot, we found that there was a, uh, a four-millimeter bone spur growing on my talus. Yep, so we so, were dealing with that issue. Which, which never presented until I had my foot crushed because of all the uh, imbalances that we had in, in bringing the leg back up to strength. Yep. 
And it, it, to the light of it, it, and so we focused a lot. He was cross-training. We did a lot of swimming, um, elliptical, and uh, really focused on hiking, like just strong hiking, hiking for time, using hiking poles, especially on the descents, um, and just to focus on balance and getting the motor control back to where he can feel comfortable to place his foot on technical terrain. Um, and the Hurt 100 is extremely technical, so I knew that was going to be you know, it facet in what was happening here, his foot being able to maintain just all the different positionings that's going to be put in. So it's not like just simply running down the road, you know, like on a flat surface. Um, you have to navigate a lot of, you know, technical terrain. So leading up, you know, I was happy as a coach um, just to get him to the starting line. The finish line was like, you know, icing on the cake. <laughs> I was like, getting you to the starting line was going to be the big achievement. And so when that happened, I felt like my job was uh, pretty much done. And I prayed and watched the uh, Hurt 100 tracking. I was like, where is he? And it's taking so long. And then I noticed one of the times that you were, you took a long time, but he had stomach issues. And I was like, oh, no, I hope it's not his, you know, his foot or something like that. Um, and yeah, so he ended up finishing his, uh, 13th Hurt 100, which is, uh, fabulous. Yeah, it was fortunate. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, getting to the start line, I think that was the biggest challenge. Uh, you know, once there was, it was interesting having done, having done a race before, um, you know, as soon as, as soon as, you know, if you want to say as soon as that gun went off, it would just almost body almost went into an automatic mode of uh you know hiking up the mountains shuffling down the mountains navigating all the technical terrain yeah up and down up and down you know five loops of 20 (laughs) uh with only with only 13 miles of unique trail i might have said that earlier uh but that also that also plays into effect uh yeah and the hurt 100 for those who don't know um, it's, it's a very old, it's an older race, right? It's been going on for 20 years or so. Yeah, yeah, and it's in, years. it's in Hawaii and it, and it's, and it's an awesome community of people that we're lucky to have some, a special race that, uh, you know, everybody's a family out there, you know? So Alex, after 13 years, you know, he's going back to visit his family. Yeah. Yeah. Going back to visit our, uh, our trail family. Uh, we have got lots of friends that we've known there. Uh, yeah, I worked there. I was fortunate enough to work there for a year. Uh, that's how I found out about the race. So we have also yeah, a lot of good family friends. It's unique going back into to an atmosphere like that. And I think that's what attracts a lot of us to this this trail culture that we have. Uh, yeah, outside outside of Elizabeth coaching me. Uh, yeah, outside of you coaching me, we, you know, we, we probably saw, we'd see each other at Tammany just about every year. And then one other race, um, you know, from that first time that you started, uh, when you did the first Tammany. So it's, you know, it's these types of relationships and you build these bonds with people. And even though you only see them at events, um, it's like a, it's another aspect of family. For sure. And you grow yeah. these bonds and, 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 and you've shared these difficult, uh, and arduous uh, experiences with these folks and a lot of people can't relate to that and we have that relationship within our community that draws us yeah well said well said so are you going back next year for your 14th hurt 100 uh, yeah i think i've got a couple more in me <laughs> and, and then we might have to expand our horizons <laughs> so what do you have a number uh i'm thinking about one 
<laughs> so who's the longest? What's the most someone's completed the race? Uh, the, the most times is 13. And I guess you could say you're looking at it. Really? You are? I had no idea. That's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, you had to put me on the spot. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. But, uh, yeah, no, but it's, it's, it's not me finishing. It's everyone else who's uh, helped me along the way. Yeah, you're, um, and, and yeah. that's the truth, right? You couldn't do it without your family being present, helping, crewing, letting you train. You know, it takes a lot of time to go out and do these long events. Um, yeah, it's yeah, definitely it a team yeah, sport. Yeah, for sure. For it sure. Is. So what's next for you this year? So, yeah, we'll, we'll see what's next. Uh, with everything going on with the virus, right, right now I'm looking at Cruel Jewel. Uh, but that that's right on the bubble of the cancellations, uh, and that is the middle of May. And then after that, we're looking at uh, Scout Mountain, which is three weeks later. Uh, sort of really go out there and test the foot and you know, do back-to-back within a month and see how... Yeah, why not? Why not, you know? just you yeah, know. Uh, <laughs> So Cruel yeah. Jewel is... Where's Cruel Jewel? And Scout Mountain was new to me. Like, I never heard of Scout Mountain. Yeah, so Scout Mountain, they're both, is uh, in the timeline, I guess compared to what you mentioned with Hurt, they're both newer races. I think Cruel Jewel, under the current directorship, is five years old. And before that, it was race directed by someone else. So it's about seven years old. Uh, Scout Mountain is out in But Idaho. Cruel Jewel has, what, 30,000 feet of climbing? It has, I want to say, I think it's 33. It's right on par with uh, UTMB uh, in, in terms of the uh, aspect of ascent ratio per mile. And uh, you've done it, Cruel Jewel before. Yeah, I ran, I ran it in 15. So going back, it's, uh, you know, with the broken foot, it, it is a challenging event. Uh, not as technical as Hurt, uh, but there is a lot of vertical on it. And... It just it, it it'll sap the life out of you if you're not if you're not prepared for it with some good you know specificity in your training. Uh, and then three weeks after that, the Scout Mountain and that that morph that used to be another family of events. And three years ago, they mo- morphed it into a, a twenty-one miler, fifty miler, and a hundred miler. So this is going to be the third year of the hundred miler. Uh, so that's right on the bubble too. It, on June sixth with the and uh, where's the, that? Uh, Idaho, right outside of Pocatello. Oh, so Idaho, that's right, yep. Yeah, so it, it, driving, it's two and a half hours north of Salt Lake, so it's easy easy access in and out. Uh, and Pocatello is a larger town. I think it's, I don't know, 30,000, 40,000. Uh, it's got a university there, so there's a, you know, a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, pretty established, and, one, it, and it's right outside of the mountain range that you run on is right outside of town. Nice. And so what's the next athletic equation event? <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if so everything we, goes well, like what are we looking at? Like what's the next one on the docket? Yeah. So the next one on the docket, we're, can't, uh, we're going to cancel, uh, releasing the information today. We're canceling our 24-hour trail race. Uh, and within hear. that, we'll have a 50K and 100K. Uh, so we're canceling that, and right now we are on the bubble with the uh, OSS CIA 50-mile night run that we, we host down here in Virginia. Uh, and, and where's that? And what month is that? 
uh, that's in the middle of June. So this year it's June 20. So we're right on that on that bubble. Uh, I think one of the uh, one of the initial steps we're going to take is reduce the field uh, uh, in the hopes that the our well number one our gathering limit is goes from 10 to maybe 100. Uh, I think pretty much at least here in the state of Virginia we're limited to 10 people now. Um, you know without any direct federal intervention a lot of states are doing what they want at this point uh we'll leave it at that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh there's no cohesive answer from leadership uh so that said we're going to reduce the uh, the size of the race to 50 people uh and we'll take it from there uh and to to boot uh we're implementing some new uh procedures within at the aid stations uh Really, we're, we're limiting family, crews, pacers to the races uh, until just to get things going, uh, just to get over the hump and, you know, to get a better understanding of what we're dealing with with this COVID-19 and how it's going to spread. Um, yeah, I think hopefully everyone's looked at the data uh, that exists and not listening to the news because there's a lot of false information out there in the news uh, hyping up fears. Uh, and do the research for yourself yeah. and, and, or, and, and educate yourself. Uh, All right. yeah, so, yeah. And then uh, hopefully our event in September will be uh, on board too on uh, November 19th. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Alex. No, likewise. Thank have, you, Elizabeth. Yeah, have, your, have fun on uh, Saturday and uh, we'll look to connect again next Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, you got it. Okay, ciao. Ciao, take care.